New on Curiosity Street. Louis B. Mayer, Jack Warner, William Fox. Hollywood was the city of dreams, but the beginnings were a nightmare. You will never work in this town again! It's Titans, the rise of Hollywood. And Merapi, one of the world's most active volcanoes. Can we better predict its next deadly eruption? A new expedition hunts for life-saving answers on exploring the volcano. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. <clears throat> Excuse me, allergies. Um, this is a pre-recorded show. Um, I will be out uh, for a little bit, so the next few shows will be pre-recorded, which means, you know, I won't be available on Zoom like I normally am. Um, I will be back live soon, but I hope you enjoy these episodes uh, in the meantime. So today I'd like to talk about um, natural disasters, uh, well actually disasters in general, but I'll be focusing on natural disasters. Um, you know, what is, what is the psychological impact of those and how do people deal with them, that sort of thing. Um, there are, of course, man-made disasters like, you know, war, that sort of thing. Um, so these... Um, these topics can also apply to that as well. Um, so this topic occurred to me because I was wondering um, what types of resources will be needed after COVID-19 um, ends. Um, of course, there are, you know, resources out there for the pandemic itself and people who are suffering from the pandemic. But as this, you know, wears on and eventually it will end, I was just interested to see what types of resources might be needed um, post-pandemic. Um, so during a disaster uh, such as like hurricanes, earthquakes, or pandemic, uh, most of the attention is focused on re rescuing individuals, getting them medical care, food, and other care. In this case, it would be like, uh, you know, focusing on the vaccine, the distribution of the vaccine, um, controlling variants, that sort of thing. Um, and it makes sense to do that, you know. But again, as this pandemic keeps going, um, I, I want to know about the after effects. So... <clears throat> Let's start this by talking a little bit about post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, that is a major factor in people who survive uh, natural or other disasters. Um, so 
as a reminder, I'd like to do a quick overview of PTSD. Um, traditionally, PTSD, it's most associated with veterans returning home from war or tours of duty um, overseas. Um, however, PTSD can develop in many traumatic circumstances, uh, not just like a situation where you're in combat. Um, many people who have been abused, um, injury, hospitalization, believe it or not, can cause PTSD depending on the circumstances. And yes, people who have been through disasters also have PTSD. Um, some of these symptoms of, of uh, this disorder are um, a feeling of being unsafe, um, even in a neutral setting. So you could be sitting at a restaurant and have this overwhelming feeling of being threatened. Um, having upsetting memories related to the trauma, so reoccurring memories, uh, you know, thoughts about, um, in this case, the disaster that you experienced. Avoiding activities which remind you of the trauma, even if you previously enjoyed those activities. Um, I'm reaching here, but I would guess that this has to do with uh, maybe if you had a boating accident and now have, you know, PTSD for whatever reason, you don't want to go boating anymore because it reminds you too much of that incident or, you know, um, other types of things. Um, if you're, you know, if you were in a plane crash, maybe you don't want to fly anymore, um, that sort of thing. Um, people with PTSD also suffer from insomnia and other sleep disorders. Um, and there are, of course, other um, symptoms that can go along with PTSD, just as, you know, this is, these are just a few of those symptoms. Um, I, again, have links in the show notes, so if you'd like to check further into what PTSD is, uh, I'll leave those links in the show notes. Also, I did do an episode earlier um, on PTSD itself. Um, you can find that in the show archives. Um, on our website, um, www.newheightseducation.org, um, and we have all of my episodes archived there. Um, so additionally, disasters can worsen already existing mental health issues such as depression and anxiety. Um, disasters can also cause grief, physical pain, and stress, which, you know, that kind of comes along with that as well. Um, also, people that previously did not have a mental health disorder such as anxiety now can develop it long-term because of the disaster they've been through. So I'm going to take a quick break so we can hear from NHEG, and then we'll be back with um, some more information on natural disasters and how it affects uh, a person's psychology. Welcome and happy new month to you all. Here are your announcements for the month of May 2021. Happy birthday to the following people. Catherine Balowig, May 3rd. Dean Kim, May 11th. Peter Gordon, May 13th. Alina Sheikh, May 15th, Samrita Balakrishnan, May 18th, Anna Stephanie, May 21st, Joyti Dave, May 24th, Amsat Bolori, May 26th, 
Lakshmi Badmanaban, May 28, Georgia Woodbine, May 30. Happy anniversary to Alan Yu, May 1st, Leah Sedi, May 4th, Amsatu Bolori, May 5th, Alexandra Oliveira, May 13th, Julia Landy, May 14th, Sapna Shukla, May 16th, Alina Sheikh, May 20th, Meghna Kalapati, May 21st, Sarika Gaba, May 21st, Ron Ann Hong, May 25th, Anagas Ridaran, May 27th, Katie Butchop, May 28th, Charlotte Picardo, May 28th, Mitchell Alwyn, May 28th, Jane Wayne, May 29th. Congratulations to Pamela Clark and NHEG volunteers for the latest recognition from Governor Mike DeWine and Governor John Husted for our Save Ohio nomination award. Thank you to Fred Weiner for donating nine photographs on canvas to NHEG walls. Thank you for the continued sponsorship from Silicon Valley High School. Thank you to Start Imagining Birds for sponsoring our magazine. You can check out their products at www.startimaginingbirds.com slash products. Have a great month. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. Once again, I am your host, Erica Hansen. We are talking about natural disasters um, and disasters of all kinds and what the psychological effects are on human beings and when you go through these things, such as a pandemic that we're going through now. Um, <clears throat> so disasters are largely unpredictable. Um, we can't, uh, we can predict earthquakes um, and hurricanes to some extent, but um, in some cases we have very, very little notice, um, especially with like tornadoes, earthquakes, that sort of thing. Sometimes, you know, evacuating is, is difficult because there is so little notice. Even if you do get a lot of notice, it's still very frightening um, to think about like losing your home and having to leave things behind if you evacuate. Um, and the effects of these disasters can be sudden. Um, I've seen, you know, footage of tornadoes that, you know, they they were further away than you would think, and then all of a sudden they're at your house and your house is gone. Um, so it can be sudden and it can be really final. Um, <clears throat> one of the major sources of security for a person um, can be their home. So if you lose that, that can be especially traumatic. Um, if you know, it can leave you feel disor feeling disoriented, insecure, and afraid. Obviously, with the the idea that you know, okay, where do I go now? My entire life just you know disappeared. Um, all of my you know things, uh, you know, sometimes pets, and you know, it can be very, very traumatic. Um, additionally, because of this, long-term economic stress can happen. Because then you have to deal with insurance. Will the insurance pay for the damage? If not, where do I come up with the the you know the rest of the money to pay for repairs if I can repair? If I can't repair my home, where do I go? That sort of thing. Um, and it, it this is something that can last for quite a while uh, while people honestly pick up the pieces. So again 
all of these are stressors. All of these can contribute to this sense of loss, this sense of instability um, after a disaster. And of course, loss of friends and family in a disaster can be especially devastating. Um, grieving uh, during the pandemic especially has been extremely difficult for people um, due to the social distancing that needs to be done. Um, funerals are, you, you can't really do funerals in person anymore. Um, especially if the person uh, passed away from COVID. Um, I've heard of people doing Zoom funerals, but it's really not the same. And um, humans are very uh, community-oriented. We rely on ritual to kind of make sense of everything. Um, and our rituals are very important to us. Uh, so whatever religion you follow if you're especially devout and you know having a funeral for your loved one is is really important that can put extra strain on that um knowing that you can't uh perform the rites for this person um i i additionally i mean there are um family members who are dying and their relatives can't be with them and during that time and the best we could do was you know maybe facetiming you know on an ipad it's not the same and that can be very traumatic um <clears throat> so you're losing a support system of of sorts um, there are groups that are especially affected by a disaster these are usually the most vulner vulnerable among, amongst us for various reasons um, children, including teenagers, women, the disabled, and the elderly. Um, the more common mental illnesses, such as depression, anxiety, are expected to be on the rise due to the pandemic. So once this is all over, we're going to start seeing people who need mental health services even more than they already did. Um, you know, of course, we're already seeing that now, um, but once everything settles down, you're going to see an uptick and need for those services as well. I'm going to take another quick break so we can hear from our sponsor, Silicon Valley High School. And I will be back with you to talk some more about the uh, mental health effects of disasters. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported fully accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. Today on this pre-recorded show, we are talking about the effects of natural disasters or disasters period on, you know, the human psyche and what, what it looks like when a person goes through a disaster of some type and what the coping... coping At One Day University... 
we feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly Scholar Newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com mechanisms are or are not um, this topic occurred to me because we are currently going through a pandemic um, <clears throat> so I, last segment I mentioned that um, due to the pandemic um, mental health issues are going to be on the rise um, I expect that after the pandemic settles down and we start assessing the fallout um, there will be a, a lot of people who, if they didn't have mental health disorders such as anxiety, depression before, um, the pandemic situation would have started them on that path. And if you did have a mental health disorder before, it's only exacerbated the issue. Um, so again, during a disaster, People may experience various kinds of loss. Again, I talked a little bit about this as far as grief um, for loved ones in the earlier segment. Um, but there are other types of loss that we normally don't think about that can be just as important. Um, loss uh, of your daily routine uh, being disrupted in your daily routine. That can be confusing and you know stressful. Um, loss of your job for various reasons, whether or not your job was physically affected because of the disaster or you just have to be, excuse me, out of work for long periods of time due to the disaster. Um, we're seeing this now. You know, a lot of people are um, working from home, and that's great, but it is a change. Um, and a lot of people, unfortunately, are being laid off and have been laid off, and so they have lost their jobs. Um, and that can, inc that can cause a sense of a loss of your identity, especially for people, I think, in the United States because we are so work-focused. Um, I mean, when you meet somebody, one of the first questions you ask is, what do you do for a living, you know? And that answer tells you something about a person. And a lot of the time, because we do spend so much time at work, it becomes a part of what we think of as our core identity. And so losing that, uh, for whatever reason, can be very traumatic. Um, additionally, a person's role in the community may be threatened uh, post-disaster. Um, and people may face a lack of social support and resources. Um, they may turn to substance use as a way to cope. So, um, again... Drug and alcohol abuse is is common after such things um, as a way to cope with the stress and the PTSD and other things. It's not a particularly healthy way to cope, but people do do it. Um, 
I encourage anybody who is struggling with this problem to reach out, find the resources in your state, um, and find, you know, help finding better ways to cope. And of course, um, there are physical problems in the wake of a disaster can also uh, cause increased rates of mental health issues. Um, this is start turning out to be particularly true in the case of COVID-19. Um, we are still investigating the effects of the virus on so-called long haulers, people who do recover from the virus mostly. Either they take a very, very long time recovering from the virus or even after they recover, um, they still have lingering symptoms. Um, we're finding like neuro uh, neurological symptoms, um, effects in the brain. Um, COVID affects the brain. They affect, uh, the, it affects the major or, organs like kidneys, your heart. So somebody who had COVID could start having heart problems because they had COVID and their heart is now damaged. <clears throat> Same thing with the kidneys. You know, people can develop renal disease because they had COVID. These are all long-term um <clears throat> These are all long-term conditions that will have to be dealt with. Um, and it's all due to COVID. Um, you know, people are also experiencing extreme fatigue, long-term chronic fatigue because, um, because they've had COVID. So I expect that again, um, much like the mental health issues side of it, we're going to find out more um, once everything settles down and we get the pandemic more under control. We're going to start finding out what exactly the virus does and what it does long term. Uh, a lot of what we know now is um, we found out a lot about it um, over the past year, year and a half but it is still a new virus, so we don't know everything there is to know, of course. Um, so really, we don't have a lot of information on long-term long effects, um, you know, especially with regards to, you know, the brain, the nervous system, things like that. Um, and of course, when you are disabled in any way or under a lot of pain in any way or fatigue that also wears on your mind um, just day to day. It can cause incredible stress. So that is another factor. Um, so there, there is a significant increase in mental health disaster, disasters, um, disorders, excuse me, there's a significant increase of mental health disorders and victims um, of man-made disasters um, as well, such as war and terrorism. I didn't focus as much on those, but um, PTSD is always a factor as you know, with these man-made disasters as well. Um, I'm gonna take a quick break so we can hear from NHEG and then we will, I will be back to talk about um, 
you know, disasters and the disabled specifically and wrap the show up for you. Hello, listeners. If you're enjoying the New Heights show on education and want to support or donate to our organization, please visit www.newheightseducation.org. And while you're there, check out our online store at new-heights-educational-group.myshopify.com. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen, and today we are talking about the effects of um, natural disasters and other disasters on a person's mental health. And we have already talked about, you know, grief, loss, anxiety, depression, you know, stress, that sort of thing. Um, One of the particularly vulnerable groups when a natural disaster happens or is disabled. Um, So studies have found that those people who are already disabled before the disaster um, face special challenges. Uh, They may find it difficult to get needed medical equipment and supplies as resources run dry. Um, This is especially true in the pandemic. Um, I know especially early on when we were struggling to... um, figure out the pandemic, a lot of home care um, people were not coming in um, to help normally, you know, their, their disabled clients. That has to do with social distancing. So a lot of the disabled clients that were either bedridden or home ridden, they didn't have a lot of help, um, especially early on. Um, and that was one effect COVID had that people don't um, think about too much. Also, if you're disabled, um, social distancing can be hard, especially if you are already homebound, because it can increase your sense of isolation um, and it can worsen as you know things drag on. Um, due to, you know, social distancing and things like that. So in case of COVID-19 specifically, the actual disease, um, people with underlying medical conditions are especially at risk of uh, contracting this disease, this virus. Um, depending on the condition, um, they may be weaker than an able-bodied person. Um, think of somebody with an autoimmune disease, uh, cancers. A lot of those folks are physically weaker than your normal able-bodied strong person um, and they may be less able to fight off uh, COVID-19 um, you know even with a vaccine. Um, contracting COVID-19 also has the potential of making those underlying conditions worse. Again uh, COVID t- attacks um, the bodily organs. If you are already having like renal disease, you know, your kidneys are are having issues, then there's potential for COVID to actually make that worse. And that's never good. Um, So disabled especially have concerns um, related to their ongoing health. 
in this in this pandemic. So additionally, there is a risk of medical discrimination um, as again supplies and policy change, um, especially in the early stages of the pandemic. We saw this when hospitals were being overwhelmed. Um, for example, if supplies are short um, and an able-bodied person and a disabled individual are both needing a ventilator, um, hospital staff may choose to, you know, save the able-bodied individual because that person is perceived as to be more likely to survive, you know, um, and have a better quality of life. You know, I'm, I'm not making a judgment either way here. Um, you know, I'm just saying that that is a decision that a lot of hospitals had to make and are making um, as their hospitals become over, overwhelmed with patients um, because of the pandemic and they just run out of supplies. Um, I've also heard of people, uh, for example, in India, I think that they are it, down to like minuscule amounts of oxygen and so they're pretty much having to um, you know decrease their oxygen use pick and choose who gets oxygen because again they're being overwhelmed and they have to decide well we have a limited supply of oxygen who gets it and it's not a fun decision to make and Again, not making any judgment calls at this point with that. Um, I'm just saying that that is something that has to ha is happening. Um, of course, this bothers a lot of disabled people because, as I said, we're, we're often looked at as expendable, unfortunately, um, as opposed to a normally able-bodied person. Um, so a lot of disabled individuals and disabled um disabled folks, you know, act, activism and activists, they are concerned about this. The fact that, you know, during COVID-19, um, we're having to make these decisions and, you know, what's right and what's wrong. Uh, <clears throat> so I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, this is just a quick overview. Like I said, I will leave some links in the show notes if you'd like to take a look further into this. Um, again, I will see you next week with another pre-recorded episode. And I hope everybody had a fantastic holiday and has a good week. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.